This is the Better Life, Better Work Show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm a life and self-leadership coach for authentic and ambitious small business owners and professionals. I show up here in your ears as a transparent leader doing the same inner and outer work that you are. I'm here to remind you that you're probably a gardener and not a machine and that soft, sustainable and soulful success is actually available to you on your own terms. Emotional presence and wellness are also available to you as someone who juggles both an amazing business and a beautiful life. I'm here to remind you that more is not better, better is better. Here comes another car episode. Opening my Diet Coke. I have got my voice memo recorder. And I will be grateful and thankful for your grace with my sound quality. All right. Today's episode. I don't think I did one last week. (coughs) Today's episode. Last week was intense. Um... Last week was the week that the Supreme Court of the United States really overreached in not just one decision, Roe v. Wade, but in many decisions. And um, it just shows me how much we trust, quote, the systems. We trust, frankly, faith. We trust faith. Because we were told, like, everything will work out. Everything will work out. We have this innate belief in the highest good of all happening. And for many, many, many years, I was what I call a delusional optimist. I didn't know I was delusional then, but I was an optimist, y'all. I am a glass half full gal. And... Now I'm not, (laughs) but I am. Um, So it's interesting, right? Like I notice parts of me, they're like, this is going to be a heavy episode. (laughs) This is going to be, I have not been drinking. Seriously, it's 1251. I'm headed to town to get my pool chemicals tested and stop and get me some uh, Chinese food and then come back home so I can go to therapy. No alcohol was consumed. I just have a fire in my belly. I want to share with y'all about self-trust. We've been taught to trust the systems. Invisible systems. Have I done a whole episode on invisible systems? So, right, like there's religious systems, there's government systems, there's patriarchy, there is capitalism, um, there is racism, there is white supremacy. There are all these systems, in America. You may have systems in your country. I am speaking as a cisgender white woman in America on stolen Comanche. And I can't remember the name of the other lands. Stolen. Murdered. Red, white, and blue. Let's kill everybody with brown skin. Now, (laughs) we have been told so many things to believe. 
Like right now, just stop and think. Think of all these things you've just been told to believe. And what happens when you question them? There's a threat of disconnection or removal from the family or removal from the group, your removal of belonging. There's a threat of you not fitting in. And by the way, your need to fit in is a biological, miraculous, natural thing. It is not a mental failure or a mental achievement. It is biological. Your need to belong and be accepted is biological science. And so many of the systems have been speaking to us and speaking to our parents and the people who raised us. I'm not saying everybody is waking up saying, I think I'm going to kill puppies and be a fucking asshole today. And nobody wakes up saying, I think I'm going to rob somebody of their autonomy. Let me, let me shift that. Not nobody. I'm sure there are some people. Right? Make no mistake, Alison Crow, I'm speaking to myself. I'm speaking to my sweet, benevolent, well-meaning, delusional optimist. In my Facebook feed came a carousel of ads for personal development books. I love them. I'm writing one. Actually, mine is a leadership book. And you can't help but personally develop when you read it. Um, And the first book was blatantly titled something along the lines of how to master the dark arts of manipulating emotions for selling. So yes, I do believe there are forces out there that wake up and are like, I'm fucking killing puppies today and I'm going to get mine and fuck everybody else. Those are generally not my people. That's not the audience that I tend to attract. I tend to attract people who actually often feel like they care too much. I tend to attract people with really big hearts and I tend to attract and speak to and for and with mostly women, some men, some non-binary, humans who have a deep sense of care for others and for humanity. If that's not you, I don't know if this will be relevant. And then I see these humans who come to me in session after session after session after session and my own things with my own. Here's what I'm talking to my therapist about today. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and tell you. My need, the part of me, I'm, I, I like to spend time with specific parts. And today at three o'clock, I'm going to visit with David, my therapist, and we are going to talk about the part of me that is terrified of disagreement. The part of me that needs in a really scared place agreement, right? Like the part of me that's afraid to have someone disagree with me. (sighs) Because we're born into these invisible systems. 
And y'all, these invisible systems ask you to put trust in an education system. They ask you to put trust in your parents. They ask you to put trust in the government. They ask you to put trust in your political party. They ask you to put trust in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They ask you to put trust in your faith, your religion, your spirituality, your oracle cards, your therapist, your coach, the book you read, the class you took, the branding expert, all the things. And I am not saying that these things need to go away. I, I have a pause here. A, I'm at a light and I need to pay attention and I need to take a sip of my drink. So hear me correctly or hear, hear me. There is no correct. You'll hear me however you hear me, but hear me with the intention. My intention is not to demonize all the systems, at least not today. <laughs> But I do want you to see the cause and effect of the systems. And most of us are running around in the systems without any knowledge or awareness because frankly, it feels much better to be a delusional optimistic instead of fully aware and realizing because there is the temptation to feel hopeless, sad and depressed to feel grief, to feel sadness, to feel anger. Well, now that I'm not afraid to feel those things, we gonna have some motherfucking talks about reality, about science, about psychology, about human behavior, and not from a place, I'm gonna try not to be a judge. I still have some pretty judgy parts, but oh my God, y'all, I can't, once you see, you can't unsee. And I know a whole lot of people who don't wanna see, I didn't wanna see for years. I didn't even know that I didn't wanna see until my body made the very obvious request. You either see inside, you either start listening within or you lose your sustainability. I lo- you lose your capacity because the more I shoved out my capacity for the difficulty, I also shoved away my capacity for the joyful, the brilliant, the good, the yummy, the nurturing. And my body being from the inside out told me you can't have either or you have to have both and. <laughs> Gotta know right where I was sitting. I was in the Denton house. Those of you who followed me for a while. From 2013 to 17, 14 to 17, I lived in Denton, Texas in a 85-year-old haunted house. It was awesome. And I had so many minutes, <laughs> so many minutes, so many minutes and moments and minutes of getting to the very end of my mental ropes, my intelligence, my spiritual bypassing, my feel-good fairy self, who I love. I love all those parts of me. None of them are gone. They're just led better now. My parts were trying so hard to get my attention 
by having things break down. It's the only way they knew to finally get my attention to say, pay attention, pay attention, listen to us. So listen to your parts, giving you the end in mind. Listen to your parts. This episode is about self-trust and some of the ways we can do that. We have been trained to listen to everybody but ourselves. I have had two clients come to me this week who have spent money listening to the experts and the experts told them what they should have. And then both clients come and say they are not bashing their experts. They're like, this all looks good on paper. It's actually what I thought I wanted, but something is missing. Oh, darling, what's missing is your self-trusted expression. And you've done nothing wrong because everything has taught you not to trust yourself. Every expert has taught you not to trust yourself. Every, like our parents didn't teach us to trust ourselves. They may have tried, but nobody taught them to trust themselves. Our religions definitely have not taught us to trust ourselves. They've taught us to, no, don't pull in front of me, person. Our religions have definitely, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I, I cannot tell you what your growing up religion did, but the evangelical Southern Baptist of my religion literally in third grade manipulated my third grade heart and fear of abandonment by showing me the movie A Thief in the Night about a woman who is not good enough Christian. She goes to church, she believes in God, but she's not good enough to get taken up in the apocalypse. So she has to live with the horror of watching her parents disappear before her eyes. She is left behind. Oh, but then at the end, thank God she wakes up and it was a dream and it wasn't real. But then she goes outside and finds out that it is real. And they showed it to a third grade class in a fourth grade and a fifth grade. And I didn't start going to that school before then, but my girlfriends from high school told me they were shown it in preschool. This is an adult horror film about the apocalypse. And now I see the reason, the reason that a well-meaning adult who wanted me to have salvation showed me a movie Talk about the dark arts of manipulating our greatest fears and emotions to sell something. I was literally sold a religion. I've been sold a house and things I, I, I willingly chose, right? So I'm not saying I didn't have some choice in this, but did I have choice? I was eight and they hit my fear of abandonment. Holy fucking shit. So of course, and as I learned in my classes with Gabor Mate, Dr. Gabor Mate on compassionate inquiry from the still face experiment, which you can search on YouTube. 
It is the most biological and innate response of even a baby who has no, hardly any form thought in her head, certainly no abstract form, certainly no intellect as we know it. All she has is her nine-month-old experience of the world, and the moment she experiences disconnect from her mother, even though her mother's physical presence is there, her innate response is first to be pleasing and engaging, to fawn, and when that doesn't work, she fights and gets angry. And then when that doesn't work, she turns into herself with utter sadness. And then the mother restores connection. And so in our lives, I'm telling the story to my clients. I'm, I'm, there's some other pieces to it, but I'm telling the story to my clients. I'm telling the story of finding these pieces of paper I wrote for myself in my 20s. There was none of Allison's voice in there. It was all, I, I, y'all, I found 28 pages. 14 of them were back in front about finding the model man and everything was scripture. The other 14 were about being the godly wife. And then I found this one page handwritten with a blue big pen document called My Commitment that I wrote myself in the most perfect, gorgeous handwriting you have ever seen. And it was all full of somebody else's words because I thought, I believed, I accepted the belief that somebody else put on me that without this, I am nothing and I will literally evaporate like Lot's wife did in the Old Testament when she disobeyed and looked the other way. She turned into a pillar of salt and then the pillar of salt vanished. And somehow eight-year-old little Allison, long, fuzzy, wavy, curly, white, blonde hair, giant teeth, giant forehead, wild green eyes in her little prairie plaid pinafore dress. Internalized that. My mom said, how, how could we not know if I had known? And someone recently asked me about a disturbing experience I had in a group setting and they said, why didn't you, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you let us know? And I had to pause for a moment. And when I checked in, I was like, this was a new group. I really had a hope and belief. I wanted it to work. And I didn't want to reject, get rejected. I didn't want to be wrong. So then why on earth, if those are the systems that I'm living in, and those are just some of the intense examples. Oh, one of my clients said, I didn't have a church do that to me, but my mother literally said to me, if you don't behave, I will leave you. I will take you to a parking lot and leave you, right? Like the most biological need in that need, and that is used as a weapon. And so you, dear listener, and me, dear podcaster, we are human and we are living in a world where it is very common for our deepest fears to be emotionally manipulated, 
And this creates the natural response of coping mechanisms for our biological safety. So here's another one. Today, I am, I am drawing my own version of Maslow's hierarchy of needs in my book, for my book. I'm doing a lot of art for my book. It's going to be a full color book. And I'm looking at this, and I'm reading through the hierarchy of needs, right? We learned that, I don't know, in fifth grade and in seventh grade and maybe in tenth grade. And then maybe again in psychology in college. And I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm having a visceral memory that my core influence was towards the top two parts of the hierarchy needs. So the needs for achievement... Um, the needs for, I can't remember all of them, but the needs for achievement. And then on top of that is self-actualization. So the top two, self-actualization is the very top. And then the one under that, so self-actualization is kind of, um, the word's not mystical. It's not ambiguous, um, altruistic. It, well, yeah, it's like this benevolence spiritual surpassing the human needs and then below that is the intellect and achievement and doing that the united states validates so well okay and so all i remember i'm not saying it didn't happen but what my system remembers as impactful was being trained in the direction of those two things and then when I looked at the bottom three sections, so there's the need in the middle is the need for love and connection and romance and belonging. And then below that is the need, um, I'm missing the one, there's the very bottom is your need for physiological safety. Sleep, water, food. And then there is a need for, I think, uh, above that is a need for safety and security, right? So these bottom three needs, especially the bottom two, physiological needs and safety needs. I was never, that I can recall, invited to consider those things until I was an adult. And looking back, I can see where there were gaping holes of physiological and safety security needs that were not met. And many people I know, actually, I've never met somebody who all those were met. It's part of just living this human life. But the attention of the society around me, so the nurturing I got was in the direction of the top two with very little regard for the bottom two. So it taught me to regard the top two at the expense of my bottom two or three. I didn't want to lose relationship if being authentic meant losing my relationship. If I followed my own intuition, self-curiosity, listened to myself, then that meant, like, the, the, the basic equation, right? There's specific instances, but the basic equation was, if I trust myself, then that equals death, separation, or rejection, or removal of my needs, and my experience is that 
We all experience this. So I'm not talking about fault. I'm talking about cause. I'm not talking about shame, blame, and guilt. I'm talking about being realistic about the scientific and mathematical and biological equations of cause and effect. All of this sets you up to not trust yourself. And I see it every day in high achieving women and men who are have all the success you could ever dream of. Incomes that would blow your mind. Charging fees to clients that would blow your mind. Buying expenditures and living in houses and all these other things that you would never know. And not like it's a dirty little secret. They're not being false, but behind it all, they're plagued with self-doubt and insecurity because subconsciously they don't trust themselves. (laughs) How do I know? Ask me how I know. I spent most of my life not trusting myself until I decided, oh, I need to trust myself. Okay, well, let me just decide. I'm going to decide I trust myself. Well, how'd that work, Allison? Huh. Some things, the decision is just the starting point. And I've had, over the years, I've had many conversations about being and our being. But y'all, our being is evidenced by our doing. And so if I want to actually become somebody who trusts herself, then I personally, I don't know what you're doing will be, but I am going to spend time, money, energy, and more time practicing, experimenting, getting curious about, learning about, studying, talking about. I'm going to immerse myself in a grand scientific experiment of hypothesis, gathering materials, doing the experiment, assessing the results over and over and over again. And what I'm noticing here in this first six months of 2022, like I feel like a little scientist. Um, Trust me, it hasn't been that stuffy, right? I'm not in a white jacket and I'm not in the lab. My lab is the life that I am living. But my awareness is as if I am the head research scientist and I am finding the cure for myself and for others who are struggling with this disabilitating disease of lack of self-trust. In trust of everything outside of themselves. As I told my clients today, I am not saying don't use a branding person. I am saying if we use a branding person and we spend thousands of dollars, but we don't know or trust ourselves because we haven't put the time on task to actually listen to ourselves. We have been trained not to listen to ourselves. We've been trained to listen to everything outside of us. We have been trained to get rid of our fearful parts. We have been trained to get rid of our doubtful parts. Instead of saying, oh, doubt, I see you. What is it you want me to know? That is, I can see the look on my face when I guide my clients through this. Some of them, the look is like, that is the most unnatural, weirdest thing in the world. Of course it is. It sounds loony. It sounds literally insane. 
and we use a mental health term like loony or crazy or insane, <laughs> like it's a problem when actually we have mental health problems because we don't know the skill of self-inquiry, of compassionate self-inquiry, of compassionate self-listening, of listening to our fearful parts, our uncomfortable emotions, our uncomfortable thoughts. We hear the overthinking in our minds. We experience the overthinking in our mind, but we stay an, a distant observer instead of becoming a present compassionate witness for these parts. And when we do, these parts will tell us information we need. My most popular Instagram post of all time is a little white post hand-drawn. I think it has a yellow frame. It's not a fancy piece of art. It is literally the written words, emotions are not our problem to solve. That's all it says. But we've been taught that emotions were a problem to solve, and so we problem-solve emotions instead of presence and listening. And how on earth are you supposed to build trust? How on earth am I supposed to build trust if I don't give myself presence and attention? I have a story about, <laughs> for me, I can't remember if I did a podcast on this one either, the difference between trust and faith. Oh, I've had a major insight in the last couple of years about trust and faith. And because I grew up in this religious world, faith and trust were conflated. Every Trust God, trust God, trust God, trust God. And then I got in this coaching world and one day Steve Chandler and a whole bunch of other people who follow Steve Chandler were like, don't trust it, test it. And I realized that for me, I don't care what Webster says, that the word trust and what I'm implying with trust actually is going to require some testing. I remember early in my um, wild, crazy dating years, post-divorce, totally insecure, totally wanting and craving attachment and connection with any dude that would give it to me. Um, and one of my friends, some guy had broken my heart and he was like, Allison, you trust too fast. Trust takes time. Oh my God, you are right. Trust takes time. That I, I was 32 years old before I even recognized that concept because I confused trust and faith. And for me, faith is evidence in the unseen. There is no scientific evidence for faith. But trust, oh fuck yes. This gives me hope. I, I was taught to put hope in the evidence of something unseen when in fact, there is so much more hope for me, my experience, there is so much more hope and possibility in actually the scientific experiment of building trust with time on task. <laughs> it's so opposite. And I don't even know how to explain that it's actually magical. Maybe it's magical for me because... I, I mean, nature, nature is the most obvious example of the scientific experiment. It's the most obvious example of watching process. And we live in a results-based culture. So I was taught, result, if you fuck up, you won't be taken away in the apocalypse, or if you die, you'll go to hell. If you fuck up, if you sin, you will be separate from God and eventually separate from your parents and separate from all your beloveds. So fear taught me to trust in something unseen or written by man. 
But science and process and nature and connection and listening and biology shows me so much wisdom. How would you know? How would you know to trust yourself when we have not, I have not, I don't know if you, maybe you have, God God bless you if you have. Science bless you, nature bless you, I don't know. See how ingrained it is? Like ingrained. We haven't been taught to trust ourselves. And I noticed last week, and then I'm at the pool store, so I'll cut this little soliloquy short. I'm so curious what your takeaways are. Message me. What insights hit you? What impact is this having on you? Are you pissed? Because I'm like decrying religion. That's okay. You can be pissed. Your religious life is not mine. And you don't have a right to mine. And you don't have to agree with me. Um, Why would I trust myself? And why would I behave in ways that trust myself? If I hadn't been taught that and if everything had been teaching me not to trust myself and I do have an episode is how to be yourself to actually, you know, we say this, we throw this around. Oh, be yourself, be yourself, be yourself. And I see people say it and yet they don't behave in it. What's the disconnect between the idea of being yourself and the behavior? It's time on task and exploration and curiosity and time spent with. So you can't be yourself unless you meet yourself and you can't you can't be yourself unless you trust yourself to be yourself and you can't trust yourself unless you meet yourself and in internal family systems we call it all parts are welcome and the goal is not to eliminate or overcome or even integrate these parts but it is to befriend and build a trusting relationship to build curiosity and understanding and compassion so that these parts can let go of their burdens and pains and live in our internal systems, in their natural gifts. And then we move through the world, right? This is not, while it is self-centered, it is actually the best thing for the world. If we had a bunch of people that, moved around the world with the quiet, gentle, but deep and strong, grounded self-trust, there would be so much less pain. There would be so much less war and bullshit and all the things that cause suffering. And I'm not talking in a sit on your meditation and I'm above suffering. I'm talking human beings would treat each other better. Not just your little plot of land, but over there in the neighborhood that you don't want to think about. Far-reaching effects of one person trusting themselves and then maybe teaching future generations that it's okay to meet and know and welcome all your parts and you don't have to believe the systems. Now, here's the thing. I, 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 right now, where I am, don't have the capacity to... My way of dismantling a system that I don't think is helpful is to dismantle the internal systems that eliminate self-trust. And then I can behave in the world differently. 
And I see a lot of people on my side of the aisle demanding other people dismantle the systems, but they haven't dismantled their own self. So I'm giving myself the validation of this self-experience, and I'm noticing my behavior in the world shifts, not because I want to be good, because it just is. I invite you to consider, and this is, I can say these two words, self-trust. I can say those words, and there are a million meanings and ways and how, and most of those are extraordinary and unique to you. If you trusted yourself, you would. That's what you would do in the world. But to to build trust, we have to spend time with. And the world sets us up to spend time with everybody and everything and spend money and spend time in places not in self-contemplation and self-curiosity. Or if we do self-awareness, it's for the purpose of a goal. And what if your only goal was to learn to get to know yourself and trust yourself and listen so that you would know what you really want every day, every single day. A, women were taught not to want. We literally were taught. So that's a whole nother story. Every single day. What do you, what do you want on the call today? I don't know. I do the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. What do you want for lunch? I don't know. We're afraid to, to, we don't trust ourselves to want because of all the implications of wanting. My darlings, I don't mean this to be heavy. I actually mean it as the breaking down of something that no longer is serving us, both individually and collectively, that you do have a source intelligence inside of you that has wisdom, is trustworthy, and knowledgeable, and capable, and able my goal is to point you back to that in you. I love you. Thank you for listening. Mm. Let me know your thoughts. Share with a friend. Say hi if you listen. I never know when anybody listens unless they tell me. Hey, and if you want to do some of this work, come be a Soli. I don't even know what the Soli's page says right now. I'm just telling you, this is the work I'm passionate about doing. Yes, it can translate to your marketing and your business. It eventually does. I talk about how it does. But this is the work we are doing called self-leadership. How do I lead myself? How do I trust myself? It's not some pie-in-the-sky idea. There are actually how-tos and ways and practices. And we are a group of 49 people, 6 to 8 showing up on calls. You will get personal attention if you show up. If you don't show up, you will miss out. I don't mean that to say afraid, but like somebody yesterday and I get it. They're like, I'm busy. I haven't been able. That's fine. I don't, I don't need you to do this. It's just available to you. And if you are hungry to build self-trust, if you are hungry to grow your life and business, if you're not hungry, if you're satiated, that's fine. But if you want to come have some of these fabulous discussions with other fabulous business owners, it is changing our lives. People are telling me my conversations with my partner are different. My conversations with my kids are different. I was in this negotiation. I, for the first time, told somebody, no, that wasn't okay. And I didn't have a screaming fit and I didn't let them bowl over me. 
I personally, Allison Crow, personally recovered $24,000. $24,000 that the people pleaser, the part of me that doesn't trust me, that trusts everybody else's authority, because I was able to work with that people pleaser, I was able to calmly, clearly, without any conflict, recover $24,000 that my fearful self would have walked away from to avoid the conflict. Holy fucking shit. Lives are changing. Businesses are changing. New clients are being gotten. Marriages are changing. Relationships with children are changing because we are looking below the top line bullshit and discovering together how to be and build the personal practices of self-trust, self-leadership, self-curiosity, self-expression, self-compassion. Solely $333 a month. Right now, there's no other way to work with me. I love you. Peace out. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and want to dive deeper, come check out the Solely Self-Leadership Society. It's my online coaching membership community, a networking community, a place to belong, and a place where you can be coached by me in life and business. We dive deep into the practices of both being and doing that help us create our unique version of soulful success. It's a special community of small business owners just like you, and it's where I show up and give my clients personal support at an accessible fee. Check it out at www.coachwithallison.com. As always, thanks for listening. And I want to give a special shout out to Elise Rich from Wide Awake Recordings for her sound production each week on my episodes, especially the car episodes, and for her music composition for my intro and outro. This show is sponsored by my three dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adopting when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better. 